Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Thank you. Well, this morning, I'm finalizing the series. Thank you, Pastor Tyre. I'm finalizing the series on living by faith. And like I said last Sunday, I'm going to teach on the logic, the reason of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason, the logic of faith. Our pastors have done a wonderful job on this series. Can we put, please put our hands together for them? Have been blessed. Have been blessed. Can we clap away now for Pastor now? Clap away. If it's easy, everybody will be pastoring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, if you've not listened to any message on this series, I beg you in the name of Jesus. It's on YouTube. Right? Check our YouTube handle at CGMIL Springs. Check our website, livingsprings.com.ng and the podcasts are there for you to download for free. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, this morning, I'm talking about the reason, the logic of it. What is logic? Logic is um, sensible methods of thinking by, for making good decisions. So, say, when you say you don't understand the logic of a thing or something, it means that you don't understand your mind has not reasonably put it together to arrive at a particular conclusion. Are we together? So, the reason for faith, basically, that's what I'm talking about. You know, in scripture, the Bible says a lot, it talks a lot about faith, especially in the New Testament. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall do what? Live by which person's faith? The just shall live by which person's faith? Let's also quickly read Hebrews 10 verse 38. So the writer of Hebrews was quoting Habakkuk and also said it. He said, now the just shall live by who? By what? But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Let's read Romans 10, verse 10. I just want to tell you how important faith is. Romans. Oh, okay. No, I don't read the scripture yet. Let's read Romans 14, verse 23. Sorry. Romans 14, verse 23. Paul was writing and he says that anything that is not of faith is sin. Okay. Behold, if he is because not of faith, whatsoever he, he, for whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. What was Paul talking about here? He was writing to the Roman church and was talking about the regulation of daily activity, the daily lives of a Christian. He was talking about food offered to idols. And said that, and his conclusion for daily living, he was saying that anything that is not of faith is sin. So, scripture also says, without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please God. For anyone who comes to God, must, come, must first of all do what? Believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that seek him. So what scripture says is that, in fact, in this your Christian life, there's nothing you can do without faith. Faith is the fuel in your vehicle. Salvation is the vehicle. Hallelujah. Salvation is the motto. Faith is the what? Fuel and the oil that you used to do what? Move the vehicle of your life, what? Forward. So what is faith? The way faith is used in the New Testament in Greek is pistis. And pistis means 
persuasion. That you are persuaded, you are convicted of something. Right? Okay, let me read that. It says, a moral conviction. Conviction of the truth about anything. Believe. So, it means that, like I explained the analogy of motor car and fuel and oil, without faith, right, you cannot do anything spiritually. I will start from salvation. So that when we talk about faith, everybody is worried. I don't get faith. My faith is small. Let me start from salvation. I have to explain to you what salvation is. Or let us now use our regular human sense to think about salvation. Let's break it down. Then we'll now proceed from there before I go to the next part of my teaching. How did you get born again? I'm asking a real question now. You can answer. How did you get born again? You believe, Dabi? What did you believe? You people can talk back to me. Oh. Don't be afraid to talk in this church. For the first time, I'm sorry, we do this in church. What did you believe? Were you, did you see Jesus Christ? Were you there when they crucified him? Let me now tell you, Bishop Wale calls it the foolishness of salvation. Let me tell you how, if we are thinking about it with common sense, how stupid this thing is. I want to tell you how stupid and foolish this thing we are, why we are gathered there is. Think about it. One day, somebody came to talk to you and told you that one man, God, first and foremost, God, though, that you have not seen before in your life, you've not touched him. He converted himself to man, and that person is now called his son. That person now came to die. And that by the death of that person, your spirit has changed. Are you able to think about, does this thing make common sense? No, now, you are afraid. I'm not, I'm not being, speaking heresy. I'm talking about common sense here. Does it make sense? When, when, I, when we they preach to you, nobody carried you into a theater, did an operation on you, and removed your spirit, right? And gave you a new spirit. But you believe, think about it, you are gathered, you believe that your spirit is renewed. How many of us are born again here? If you are born again, raise up your hand. Everybody's not afraid to be born again. <laughs> if no, you are born again, you are sure that you are born again, raise up your hand. If you are not born again, raise up your hand. If you are not born again, John. Okay. So, this thing, you believe it too. Did you see Jesus? No. Did you see your spirit that they removed and put on? They say spirit is spirit. You cannot see it. You cannot touch it. Does that thing make sense? Seriously. Does it, if you think about sense in the sense of your five senses, there's nothing that you've seen or touched or felt, right, to give you a valid conclusion that you are born again. But what? What did you do? You believed in your heart. And you said it with your mouth. That act of belief is faith. Are we together? Oh, people are afraid to answer me now. Are we together? That act of belief is what? Faith. So you, became, you become so morally convicted and believe the truth of this thing that if you are feeling formed, they say, what are you, right, Christian? You affirm it in the government document. Some of you, when you even finish writing Christian, they will, you want to swear oath, you want to stamp it. Bam. I am a Christian. I'm going somewhere with this. Are we together? Okay. Let me now read scripture, what salvation is to you. Because you must understand salvation so that you can live by faith. You must understand how your vehicle works so that when they put fuel inside, you can know how fast it goes. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Let's quickly open to Ephesians 1. I'll read from 11 to 14. The book of Ephesians is called, by theologians, it's called the Joshua book of the, New Te- of the New Testament. The book of Joshua in the Old Testament efficiently enumerated how the Old Testament Israelites were supposed to claim their inheritance. So, in, in the book of Ephesians, basically what Paul wrote from, the, from chapter 1 to chapter 6 was how the new believer in Christ or the believers in Christ, remember they were Gentiles, could live their life and obtain their inheritance in Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul was talking in Ephesians 1 verse 11. He says, he said, in whom, he was talking about Jesus, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things. Please, can you give me New King James Version, NKJV? All things after the counsel, according to the counsel of his will. Can we read it, verse 12? Can we read it together? That we who first did what? Underline trusted in your Bible. That we who first did what? Trusted in Christ. Hallelujah. You know, my dad used to give one joke or one adage. He says, do not, you cannot put your hope in your stepmother's founded yam. Hallelujah. So if you are hungry, you're not going to put your hope that your stepmother will feed you. That's what just happened now. So they read the thing. That's what they think of. And now to open my Bible. Praise God. Are we there? Are we there? Is it we who first trusted, underline trusted. But let me open my own Bible in case it all goes off again. Hallelujah. Sorry for the breaking transmission. We are there. Yes. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the what? Praise of his what? Glory. Verse 12. Verse 13, sorry. In him who you, was talking to born again, so me, say me. Me. In him you also did what? Trusted. After you did what? Heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with what? The Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Who is what? The guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. So Paul was writing to the Ephesian church. Remember, these people were first Gentiles. They're serving God, idols. They had now received Christianity and was explaining to them how they got what? Born again. The reason, the reason why we have a lot of questions in church concerning um, salvation. Salvation. He says, we are doing some school of the world teaching and people ask me, will Muslims go to heaven? I'm like, see, eh? I believe in the inerrancy of God's word. God's word cannot lie. In this Bible, right? I say they will not go if they don't give their heart life to Christ. The reason why we ask those questions is this. Let me tell you why. It's very simple. In other worldviews, in other religions, people, is, they, they teach, if you've studied them, that it is based on what you do that you receive paradise. That your guarantee for eternal life, right, means that your good deeds must outweigh your bad deeds. Abby? So the, the, the preconceiving factor for your eternal life is what you do. Abby? 
Eastern religions say, oh, there's reincarnation, that you pay in every, every new life for the misdeeds of the old life. So you will die, you will come back again, you can come back as cockroach, you come back as ant, and you now come back as human being, you now come back as tortoise, right? And you each, so I'm not, I now, I'm not thinking, when will you finish pain? Praise God. Hallelujah. But in the Christian worldview, in Christianity, is the only religion or the only faith where your guarantee of eternal life is absolutely not based on what you do, but based on what God did for you. Are we together? That God in himself has come into you to redeem you. So people think that Jesus came to make bad people good. That's not true. Ravi says that Jesus came to make dead people alive. The, the reason why you are good and we say God is good is not because of what you did or what he did. Do you understand? It is because, it's because God has made you alive. And let me tell you what the scripture says about that. I'm explaining salvation to you. What you believe. In case you do not know what you believe, this is what you believe. Right? This is what you got born again into. So that when I'm explaining faith for your regular daily living to become easier for you. So, in Ephesians 2, Verse 1. Paul was writing to this same Ephesians and says and said, Some people are not happy with me because I said some other people are not going to go to heaven. See, you don't verse with me. It's the Bible that said it. Praise God. How many of us believe that this thing is true? In order to shake our belief, people say eh, the Bible is not true, that some people gather and write it. Once you accept the word of God, this thing is true. I'm not, it's not my fault. Everything I'm believing is about what? This book. Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, And you he did what? I want us to read it with conviction. I feel like telling everybody to stand up like we used to do in old church. Everybody, can we stand up? Like old time before coronavirus. Let's stand up to read this scripture together so that you remember. Sorry, first timers. Sometimes I'm like this. I'm sorry you came on the day I'm preaching. Maybe you come next time, another pastor will preach. Can we read it together? One, two, three, go. And you, he made alive. Who were what? Underline dead. Please, underline dead in your Bible. I want to see you underline it, highlight in your electronic Bible. You were what? You were dead in your trespasses and sins. In which you did what? You once what? Walked. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks where? In the... Can we sit down? So, we were dead. Dead die. Dead, gone. And God made us alive so that everything we do now can please him. This is, and that is what we believe. Hallelujah. 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 So in chapter 2 verse 4, when he finished telling them that they were dead, can we read chapter 2 verse 4 to 8 please? He says, he now reminded them, but God who is what? Rich in mercy because of his great love for which, which he has loved us. Can we go to the next one? Even when you were what? Did what? Together with who? By have ye been true? And he raised up together to, and made us sit with Christ. We are in heavenly places. This is what you believe. This is what you believe. This is what you said I am born again into. That I was dead before. Now I am what? 
I am what? Alive. And you believe it. I'm go, you have not, people have not escaped that belief. I want to tell you what you believe. And you do what? You believe it, you pray to God that you've not seen and he answers you. And something happens in your life, say, and I God do one. You don't say it's providence or the universe. Hallelujah. So you, that thing, the thing you used to believe all these things, right, is what? Faith. And what is the logic of this thing that you are believing, even though some of you have not fully processed it? It is that when God says anything, that thing is. Hallelujah. When God says something, that thing is what? Is. As long as God has said it, it becomes real. It becomes tangible. So the reasonable thinking of faith is opposed to the reasonable thinking of your common sense. It says that when God says something, it is what? Real. So if you can believe, think about it. If you can believe this thing that I've explained to you so, right? Why are you now finding it? At the beginning, this is what you believe. Why are you now finding it difficult to believe every other thing God says in your work with him? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you understand? If you believe that somebody that you did not see died for you, hallelujah, why is it now difficult when God says you are healed? You now say, ah, I see the feet pain, no, it never happened. Why? Let me tell you the reason why is common sense. Everybody say common sense. Everybody say common sense. So that is one of the major problems and inhibitor. It's common sense that makes you not have faith. Common sense is what creates doubt. Common sense is what creates fear in your mind. And I'll explain common sense to you. Praise God. Some people are saying, where is this pastor going to? Let me tell you what common sense is. Common sense is your human faculty, your, the, 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 the way your body feels and interacts with the world. The five senses. How many of us know the five senses? Primary school. What are the five senses? Can we start number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Number five? Skin. That's to touch. That's skin to feel, to touch. These five things, think about it, are the things you use to interact with the physical environment. Only five minutes. Six minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah again. By faith, this thing will increase in Jesus' name. <laughs> These five things are the things that you used to feel and interact with the world. Hallelujah. So, the five senses that God has put in your body are connected to your brain, to your mind. So, when they send the signals to your mind, your mind now interprets it. Do you understand? But the interesting thing you have to know also is that your mind is also the interchange between your physical body and your spirit. So we, we teach and we know that they say man is tripartite. He's a, he's a spirit. A man is a spirit. He has a soul, but he lives what? In a body. The person that stands in between. Let me make an analogy. Hallelujah. Are you all seeing? Can you all see this? Okay. This water. Sorry. Is in between the iPad 
and the phone. The phone is your body. The iPad is your spirit. The bottle of water is your what? Soul. When we say soul, it means your mind, your will and intellect. Right? This thing is what interprets both things. So when we say somebody, you don't have faith, what is happening is that the signal from the phone, right, is all that is being interpreted by the, bot by the bottle of water, by your mind. So the signal of the spirit, even though it's not what this phone is saying, the mind does not believe it or interpret it or it's not connected to it. So it's the phone cannot receive what the iPad is giving to the phone. Do we understand? Have I, is that analogy too, too far? Okay, let me explain it in pidgin English for everybody. I know people speak English here. But I'm saying, your mind is the, is the processor of both physical things and spiritual things. Hallelujah. But because we are so used to only, we have trained our mind to only interpret physical things, things of sight, smell, touch, and all that, right? If this, 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 this interpretation is conflicting with the, a spiritual interpretation, right? We don't take the spiritual interpretation, we take the physical one. Because this is the one that we are feeling. Praise God. Do you understand? Do you understand? That is why when you say you are feeling sick or something is happening to you, you say, by faith I receive it. Somebody will tell you, oh God, let's be real here. You say, which one be faith? Keep faith first. You understand? Let's be what? How many of you have heard let's be real? How many of you have said let's be real? Say, pastor, no business when you talk. We let us be what? Real. What is reality? Reality is what your five senses send to your mind at your mind interprets as reality. So now scientists says they are discovering that there's an alternate reality. I'm laughing at them. They are not saying anything new. We always know there was an, an, an alternate reality. There was always the spiritual. Because the Bible says that the things that are seen were made by the things that are not. If you cannot see it, is that not alternate reality? That means there's a, they, are just, they are just waking up. You understand? In 2020, waiting. We, we have known it since. Right from when the Bible, even before the Bible was written. Right? Then Paul, that you know have lab or 21st century coronavirus, they knew. So when they come and say there's an alternate reality, and you're not seeing anything new. I know, because I live in an alternate reality. Hallelujah. Okay, let me now go to, I'm sorry, I'll round this up by 9.30, I promise you. Let me now explain it to you, what the alternate reality is. So Paul, when he was writing to these guys, to the Ephesians, he knew that these people were based because of the, the, the religion they had before they came into Christianity. He knew that their lives were governed strictly by their mind and signs, since they could see. They always asked for a sign. So, in Ephesians 1, verse 15 to 22, can we read that quickly? Ephesians 1, verse 15 to 22. Is it up? Okay, verse 15 says, Wherefore I also, after I did what? Can we see it together? After I did what? I heard of what? Of your, underline that faith. Remember what I said faith is. Faith is a moral conviction, a conviction, a belief of the truth of anything. When he heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all the saints, what did he do? 
do not cease to give thanks. Let us read this thing like an alive church now. Let us read it like an alive church. Do not cease to do what? Making mention of you where in my prayers. Start to underline from here in your Bible. That the God. So after I said head of their faith. You want the head of their faith. You started praying for something very important for them. What did he start praying for them? He started praying that their mind is changed. That they, they move from their physical reality of their common sense, their five senses, and move to the spiritual reality of their spiritual sense. Because the spiritual sense is more alive and tangible than what your physical sense. That your mind, the water bottle in the middle, starts to not just interpret only what this phone can give, but starts to interpret accurately the message of this iPad. That the message sent by this iPad to the bottle of water is, more, is stronger and more real. becomes the reality of the Christian rather than the phone, the message from the phone. So let us read it properly. It says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation where? In the knowledge of him. Then, if you have read, highlight, highlight the phrase I'm going to read next. That the eyes of your understanding might what? Being enlightened. Hold it there. I there, I there in Greek is ophthalmos. The, the literal meaning is eye, vision. But the metaphorical use of it here is the eye of your mind. And the eye of your mind is not just vision. It encapsulates all the five senses. That means eye, hearing, touching, smelling, and everything. Not of your physical body now, but of your spirit. That your spirit has senses to sense the spiritual reality of the alternate spiritual universe. Thank you, Pastor Tayo. Are we together? For those online, so that look good for you, let me not sweat. Hallelujah. That the eyes of your understanding now come to tempt you, now come, become acquainted with your spiritual sense, with your spiritual common sense, which is God's sense, or faith sense. Hallelujah. That irrespective of what the physical senses are telling you, your spiritual sense becomes your reality. So ask your neighbor, what is your reality? Ask them confidently, what is your reality? Thank you. Let me continue reading. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, say the plenty of things that once the thing happened, will happen to you. That you may know that which is the word hope of his calling. Let me first explain that thing again to you so that you know I'm not talking jazz. In Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, can you please put it up? Jesus was talking, and he was speaking to them, and he said, if your eye, 6, verse 22, New King James Version, please, please. The lamp of your body is where? It's the same word Paul used in that place that is used here. The lamp of the body is what? Therefore, if therefore your eye is what? Good. It means that if your eye, they see the correct thing. If your eye, they perceive what? The correct thing. What do you say will happen to your body? Your body will be full of what? Light. It means that your body will come to the reality of the light of God's word. That was the same thing Paul was saying, that your eyes will be what? Enlightened. Verse 23. But if your eye is what? Bad. If your eye is no good, your whole body will be filled with what? 
dark, darkness here means obscurity, ignorance. Hallelujah. It means what? Ignorance. Not, when you say darkness, it's by way of saying winch, prince of peace of darkness, or this, or you think winch and people gathering your coven in your village. No, no, no. It, it means it will be filled with ignorance. You're not going to know anything. You're not going to see waiting God they talk. If God talk to you, you're not going to understand them because your eye know they see the light. Hallelujah. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, that is if the, the, the thing that you are using to run, the fuel in your car is ignorance. How great is what? How great. So a lot of Christians, you, you, you are in, born again, but the light that is in your heart is darkness. Because you fail to move from common sense to faith sense. You fail to see and understand what God said. Hallelujah. So I will just tie this up now quickly. So after I finish writing all this, Paul finished writing these things, right? He now goes in chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, to talk to them about the new man. I'm rounding up now. After this, there's one more point and we'll go. He talks about the new man. He says, I said, after I finished explaining all these things to them and talked about plenty of other things in chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Therefore, this I, therefore I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that henceforth walk not as who other Gentiles. Don't walk like the people of this world. In the vanity of where? In the vanity of where? That their mind, that their mind, do not, their mind cannot sense the reality of God's word. Please, just bad string, just bang, bang. Praise God. Having their understanding, see the other word again, underline it again. Having their understanding what? Darkened. Being what? Once your understanding is darkened, you are what? Alienated from the life. So you are born again, but you cannot live the life of God. You are born again. You say, hey, Pastor, this thing that happened to me. Problem. Hey, 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 hey. This is the this is the problem. This is your problem. Your understanding has what? Been darkened, been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of what? The blindness of their heart. So look to your neighbor and say, what is your reality? What is your reality? Is your reality common sense or faith sense? Our pastors have done, if you, if you use your first teaching in this series, our pastors have done a wonderful job in making you happy and telling you how to walk, walk by faith. Pastor Tyler said that no matter the storm in your life, whether it's coming from up or down, God is, Pastor Obey, Pastor Obey, Pastor Obey, all of them have talked nicely. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to shake your brain. What does it I'm here to do? Not shake your spirit. I'm here to shake your brain, shake your mind. So that when I finish shaking your mind, shake it very well, scatter it in, 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 in medicine. They call it discombobulation or something like that. When I finish scattering it, when it settles down, right, the dregs can go down, right, and the sensible thing can come up and you'll be able to live by faith. Do not think like the Gentiles. Don't think like people that don't have God. Know the reason like person we no get hope. We are not like those without hope. The same faith you receive for salvation, I explained to you the foolishness of what you believe. It is the same faith you need for your healing. It is the same faith you need for a new job. It is the same faith you need for, for your marriage. It is the same faith you need for a child. It is the same faith you need for your children to align. It is the same faith you need for every. It's not a different faith. It's the same one. If you could, you did not see 
Jesus or see your spirit being changed, why are you finding it difficult to believe that God has given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness? Why are you now finding it difficult? Why are you only believing your reality? Reality, see eh? Let me tell you about living by faith. Do you know that if you listen to God and you live by what he tells you, God can, can, can increase the speed you use to do your work. Something, I think God does not care about that. Do you know that? Do you understand what I'm talking about, guys? My wife has experienced it. Let me tell you a real life story. I'll give you this testimony. Pastor Obey was sick. He came to church. Pastor was sick. She came to church. She was healed when she activated her faith. You know is real? My wife was driving from work one night. The upper week ago. When she came out from Marwa, her car went off. And it's my BMW. The only car I have to drive, I just say, baby, just find anywhere to push it. I beg people to push it, pack it. I, I called the mechanic, he was not picking his car. Taye will come and carry it. That's me. Pastor. Praise God. Because I was believing in my. Said, if this motor is poor, just pack and first. We will deal with it tomorrow morning. Enter Uber and be coming home. So I now call, I called Tai, called Tai, called her back. She said, she said, baby, I'm moving now. I said, baby, oh God, since it's moving, just drive back to your office, pack it in a safe place, and do what? Come back. Every man, is that not what you will say? Men, are we together? Are we together? Is that not the common sense thing to do? My wife said, baby, don't make me panic. I'm coming home. I was calling her every three, three minutes, and she came home with that car. Immediately, I called her the second time. Say, baby, don't make me panic. I understood what was happening. I understood what was happening. I knew that she had, because I know her, I said she had prayed for the car and the car was working. Do you understand? I knew she had prayed, so I just kept quiet. She came home. I did not panic again. But I was panicking small, small. But I was still panicking. Praise God. I was still panicking. Hey, God, oh, which kind of well? I made no go spoil for a giant top bridge, oh, that kind of thing. Or may no go spoil with this stretch between. I was just thinking like that. And she said, she prayed for the car. She said, she told God, he said, God, it's not a question of whether you can make this car work or not. That was she said. It was not a shakaragara prayer. I said, God, it's not a question of whether you can make this car work or not. Right? I thank you because I know this car is working. She put it on before the thing did not on. She put it on again and the car came on. Hallelujah. And the car brought her home. They've repaired the car now yesterday. But I'm trying to tell you that God is concerned about those little things in your life. Your faith can make those little things work. The reason why they are not working is because you have not applied it. You are leaving it to chance. Don't, no, don't be working like a Gentile in the futility of your mind based on what you know. It's time to activate your faith for things. Hallelujah. Rounding up now. The other testimonies, but time is up. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 16. He was talking about the whole armor of God. Paul, in rounding up this, was talking about the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6 verse 10. And he said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. When we read this scripture a lot, we're talking about how you have to be righteous, you have to carry righteousness. But I want to point something out to you. What does I want to do what? Point something out to you. Can we close, shut the doors? Can we shut this door, please? People can, we cannot shut the main door, but let's shut this door. The rain is... It says, okay, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Number, number 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not do what? People like this part very well. This part is used to do deliverance for people. For we do not 
wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, do what? Take up what? Can we read it together, please? Take up what? That you may be able to do what? Having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having gathered with your waist, your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of what? And having shod your feet with the gospel, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16. Hold on. Everybody say, above all. Can we stand up? This is the end of the sermon. Say, what did he say? Can we read that first two words? Above. Everybody say, above all. Above all. Above all, taking what? The shield of faith, which is able to do what? Ah, I want to tell you something. The, the Passion Translation says, take the wrap around shield of faith. It means there's not a shield. You know when we talk about shield, you just think of something you hold in your hand to block. The Passion Translation says, the wrap around. That means everywhere. It is coming from back, coming from side, coming from front, coming from top. The shield of faith. To quench the fairy that... See, the devil is not... See, they said the devil wants to kill you. Your people from your village won't kill you. You they seek now, devil. The devil is... The sole scheme of the devil is to attack your faith. Praise God. If they wanted to kill everybody, there are six million people in this earth, they have killed everybody. Do you understand? If... The, the devil is attacking you. There's spiritual, spiritual attack in your life. Eh? The problem is because the devil is trying to do what? Shake your faith. If you are sick, the devil is saying, sure you believe that God is a healer. Right? Sure pastor believe that God can heal you. Oh yeah, I should heal you now, now. Gradually, after a while, you start to believe that God does not heal you. You become sick. You don't even talk to God anymore about it. It affects every other thing that you may be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy because the faith is a shield. Above all, it's the most important thing in the arsenal. How many of you have watched old school film where the, the, the warrior will be down? Maybe they've hit the sword out of his hand. He now has only shield. How many of you have seen that kind of thing? He will now use the shield to block, then he will now fight back. He will now pick the sword and kill the bad guy. Because the shield is not just only an offensive weapon. It is a, only a defensive weapon. A shield is an offensive weapon. Are we together? A shield is not only to block. You can use a shield to do what? Attack. Above all, above every other plenty thing we have said, Paul said, take the shield. You cannot, you cannot drop your shield. You cannot do what? You cannot do what? Drop your you lie, lie. Even if they pull your sandal, pull your belt, remove your armor, they hit your helmet out of your head. Do not drop your shield. Let me tell you what Christians do. Christians will go into the battle bare naked. They go pull their sandal, pull breastplate of righteousness, pull everything. They carry sword. They say sword of the spirit. Hey, 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 brag, 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 brag. If they shoot you, I will go touch you, my brother. Go enter. But you must do what? Take the fear. Faith is your shield. Say, faith is my shield. Faith is what? I'm not saying the other ones are not important. I'm saying never let go of your faith. Let, never get to a place in your life where you start to doubt the truth about the power and the, and the consistency and the inerrancy of God's word towards you. 
never whether you are high or low feeling bad feeling good never let go of your faith with faith you can build back up with faith you can do what with faith you can do what build back up hallelujah so three things to remember from today's sermon the same way you believe Jesus died for you is the same way you should believe that every other thing in your life is working for you Stop relying on your physical sense for your interpretation of what God has said to you and see everything through the eyes of faith. Look to your neighbor and say, see everything. Don't touch them all through the eyes of faith. Look to your other neighbor and say, see everything through the eyes of faith. If your neighbor is not wearing their mask and talking to you, tell them, wear your mask and tell me, see everything. Everybody, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your, wear your mask and talk to your neighbor. See, it's an act of faith too to wear your mask. See everything through the eyes of faith. Can we just close our eyes and pray? I don't know. There's going to be, there's a demonstration of faith here. I don't know what you are believing God for. But I did not come and teach this thing so that you'll be happy and you go home so that I can show you I can preach. No. If it's that one, I would have stayed at home. I want you to stretch forth your faith. See, I want you to hold something. Just test it. This thing I taught today, test it. I want you to test it. Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know what you are believing God for. I want you to stretch out your faith for it. I don't know how many times you've stretched out of your faith, you've stretched your faith out for it before that it did not work for you. But now that you've heard the word of God and faith comes by hearing the word of God, I want you to stretch out your faith for it again. And just talk to God about it. I don't want to pray. If I pray, brah, brah, pray. I say, oh, it's called pastor, pray for me. But I want to show you that you can receive too. God hears you. God cares about you. Just talk about it to God. I give you five minutes to pray about it. Don't pray. Don't pray in love. We call it omnibus. Don't pray omnibus prayer. Don't pray omnibus prayers to God. Don't pray omnibus prayers to God. No. Don't pray omnibus prayers to God. No. That is wrong. The right thing to do is to pray specific prayer and stretch out your faith for it. Don't pray an omnibus prayer to God. Pray a specific prayer and stretch out your faith for it. In fact, I want to make it worse for you so that I will shake your mind. Set a deadline. Tell God, I want you to do this thing for me. I say, I want you, Lord, to then, as you are praying that one, tell God that I want to come in, in touch like Paul wrote with the eyes of my understanding, that my spiritual sense will come alive. That my spiritual sense will become my reality. My spiritual sense will become my reality. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.